Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Psalm 145. Today I want to walk you through Psalm 145. This psalm, I was reading it this week. I'm reading the Bible through in a year. I'm on that schedule. And Psalm 145 was one of the psalms that I landed on this week. And, and immediately I said, that's the one. That, I'm supposed to preach on that one. Yeah. The Holy Ghost bore witness. Yeah. And it seemed good to me. Amen? But there's so many golden nuggets in Psalm 145. Now, of course, the whole Word of God is, is a golden nugget. Are you hearing me? But, of course, for a sermon, all you, what you're doing is you're, you're zooming in on one portion of Scripture. Amen? But, you know, this whole psalm was actually inspired by the Holy Spirit to the psalmist as a song. This was actually inspired as a song. You read through it. Next time you read through it, go ahead. Try to put it to music in your heart. It was inspired as a song. Did you know that God loves music? He loves it. He created it. He created it and he loves it. But this is a psalm, Psalm 145, that magnifies the goodness of God. So today's message, I just... I just thought it would feel good, and it was good to the Holy Ghost to talk about the goodness of God today. Can I do that? The goodness of God. Did you know that Oral Roberts and other great men and women of God, they took a lot of heat, a lot of persecution in their life and in their ministry for preaching one simple theme. That one theme that brought so much persecution on them is this. God is a good God. Amen. They took heat for this. Persecution from other believers, other, other ministers of the gospel for preaching that God is a good God. Now, many Christians, I don't know why, but they don't want to believe that fact. They don't want to believe that God is a good God for some reason. You see, it's dead religion and tradition of men that always wants to make God out to be an angry slave driver. Are you hearing me? It's dead religion. It's the tradition of men. And those individuals, for one reason or another, they want to believe that God is angry at people all of the time. And he wants the very worst for your life. Isn't that wild? They don't want to believe that God is a good God. Why? Because dead religion taught them that. Why? Because, a, come on, a doctrine of demons have taught them that. Anything that's not in line with the word of God is a doctrine of demons. That's why teachers of the word of God, the Bible says, will be held more strictly and be judged greater degree because we are trying to get across who God really is and you better hope and be confident of the fact that you're preaching the true and living God of the Bible because you're going to be judged for that one day amen but for some it's just a hard concept to take hold of it and a lot of people Maybe because of their childhood, the way they were grown up. They grew up, uh, they had a terrible father. Maybe they didn't have a father at all. So they, they have something against the Heavenly Father. They, they think, man, what, why would my Heavenly Father be any different? Are you hearing me? So a lot of times when people get saved and they had that kind of life, that childhood, they drag that into the Christian walk. But how many of you know the Bible says that we need to renew our minds? In fact, our Heavenly Father is nowhere near, nowhere near what our earthly father is like. Even if you had the best earthly father, so much support, you knew he would always be there. Take that and magnify it by whatever. That's your Heavenly Father. That's the truth of the matter. Now, go to Psalm 145, 
And I want to read verses 1 through 7 this morning. We'll start there. I want to walk you through this psalm. It says, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Isn't that something? It's unsearchable, yet we're supposed to seek him. Hallelujah. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of your might, of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. Now, I want you to notice if you, if you go beyond that, which we will, we'll, we'll finish this psalm out later on. But I want you to notice how many times the phrase, I will, is mentioned in Psalm 145. The psalm, I will, or, or I'm sorry, the phrase, I will. Because listen, God's desire for his children is to extol him. That means to praise, to lift him up. To bless him and to meditate on him by our own free will. Because, why? Why is that? What's up with this free will thing? Here's what's up with it. Because love is not mechanical. It's not love unless it's given by your own free will. Oh, come on, husbands and wives. How many of you know your husband, wives, you told your husband to do something? They didn't do it at first, and then you really got after them, and they did it. Come on. And then you're saying, then you're still ticked off at your husband, because they didn't do it by their own free will. They were kicked in the fanny to do it. Because love is not mechanical. We are not robots. And it's not true love. Or praise from the heart unless it's given by our own free will. Now look at verse 2. It says, every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. It says, every day, every day. I want you to understand and take hold of this truth. Blessing God is an every, should be an everyday thing. Blessing God, I want you to take hold of this. Blessing God is not a silent thing. It's a verbal thing. Point to your mouth right now. That's it. See, I got to make you do something that's going to stick in your memory, all right? That's what a good teacher does. He makes you do some things, repeat some things. It's going to come to you again. But it's a verbal thing. Because God's desire is for you to not only to live a life of obedience, walk the walk, but to verbally bless him, verbally praise him. Now, can you imagine husbands and wives walking up to your spouse and saying, I'm going to bless you, and just sit there like this? <laughs> Do you like that, dear? You're not going to get very far. That's not going to fly. That's not going to give you any brownie points with your spouse, let me tell you. But God wants his people to not only put their faith into action, but he requires us, and I preached about this a couple weeks ago, to verbalize our faith, to speak it out. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 12, 34. He said, for out of the abundance of the heart, your spirit man, your mouth speaks. The fact is this, we as Christians should be so in love with, so overcome with the love of God there should be a consistent flow, come on, out of our mouth that blesses and praises God. A constant flow. So listen, so if you're, if you're not verbally blessing God, if you're not taking the time every day, the Bible says, to verbally praise and bless God, you have a heart problem. That is a spiritual heart problem. You know, some people say, oh, what's this stuff about speaking and all this? Well, 
It's biblical. It's biblical. Try praising God without saying anything. It's stupid. It, it don't make sense. Are you hearing me? But maybe that spiritual heart problem is this, and what a awesome song lineup we had here. Maybe you have allowed other things in your life to take the place of God. Maybe you have taken your focus off of God and put it on something else. Maybe you've taken your love and you set it on something else. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank, it can be anything. The Bible refers to that as the sin of idolatry. When Jesus Christ is no longer the center of your life and something else is, whether it's money, whether it's a job, whether whatever, you fill in the blank, another person, that's called idolatry. In the Bible, forbids that. Amen? The point that I want to make to you right now is this. It takes an on-purpose, conscious act of your will to bless God in word, thought, and deed. I preached a message a, a month or two ago, maybe longer, called On Purpose Christianity. You don't live the Christian life by accident. How many of you know that? I'll talk about that more in a moment here. But it's an on-purpose, conscious act of your will. I will bless the Lord. I will exalt the Lord. I will make him known. It won't happen by accident. Because listen to me. Now, this is powerful. Take hold of this. Because the flesh, the fleshly nature, the human nature, will always overtake the spiritual aspect by default. By default, you know what default means? When you go out and buy a new computer, there's settings already set for you. That's called the default settings. And by default, without your will involved, by, by default, your flesh wins. What do I mean by that? It, listen, it does not take any, any effort in your life in the, to live in the flesh or to live a life of sin. It comes very easy, doesn't it? Even for the, yay, even for the Christian. But it does take effort to live holy. It does take effort to maintain that close and intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Does it not? Come on. It's so easy to turn on the TV. It's so easy to pursue money and worldly things. But it's a challenge to get on your knees and pray for 15 minutes. It's a challenge to read Two or three chapters in your Bible every day. It's a challenge to stay awake in church. Are you hearing me? That should give us a clue right there. <laughs> I, that's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe you would fall asleep in Revi Revival Christian Center. My goodness. But listen, why is that? Because by default, the flesh overpowers your spirit man. That's just a fact. It overpowers it. Now, that can be changed. I mean, you can, uh, but it's going to take effort to maintain that spiritual hunger. It's going to take an act of your will. Don't ever forget this. Write this down. Whatever you feed in your life will be the strongest. Either your fleshly nature or your spirit man. Whatever you feed in your life will be the strongest. Either your fleshly nature, the sin nature, or your spirit man. And if you're always going to give in to your fleshly desires, to your fleshly habits, that will be the strongest in your life. In fact... That's, I mean, you come to the point where you feel out of control. You, have you ever been there with a bondage, a habit? You just feel out of control. Quite often, those are the people who come in and we minister uh, deliverance ministry to them. All right? Because they have gotten to the point in their life where they have opened themselves up to evil spirits. 
Now that gets quiet when you start talking about demons. I know. But listen, it's a fact. It's a fact. However, listen, if you feed on the Word of God, what do I mean by feed on? Read, hear, listen to, put your, keep it in front of you, meditate on the Word of God, and you seek the Lord with your whole heart, if you make an effort to keep Him at the center of your thoughts and of your day, you will become spiritually strong and your spirit man will overpower your flesh. Know what that's called? The Bible calls that walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. And notice, again, walking. I talked about it last week. Walking in the light. Walking is a verb. Action. Lifestyle. How you live your life. Alright? Hallelujah. But listen to this. One interesting thing about the Psalm 145, I can touch on it, is that it uses words and phrases like this. To make known. Extol. Bless. Praise. Declare. Meditate, speak, utter, and sing. Like I said, you cannot do those things. You can't accomplish those things without verbally speaking. You can't do it. And now, I believe that God requires us to, to verbally speak these things and to praise Him for several reasons. I'll just give you a couple here. First of all, there is power in your spoken word. There is power. If you don't believe that, just sit in with me on a couple counseling sessions where the parent constantly spoke to their child all their life. You're nothing. You're worthless. You're not going to accomplish anything on this earth. You're a dirtbag. I never wanted you. Just sit in with me on a couple uh, counseling and deliverance sessions. You'll find out real quick how much bondage your verbal words will bring. And uh-huh, Listen. Yeah, well, you know, you should just be able to get over it. Hello, I'm Elizabeth and I have ministered to people 70 years old and old or older. They've carried this baggage of word curses all their life. All their life. And they couldn't get rid of it. Until they confronted it with the word of God. We got rid of some spirits that, that entered because, come on parents, listen, I got to go here for some reason. I got to go talk about this. Listen, because parents, you are the spiritual authority over that child. Your spoken word can open them up to demonic possession. Don't believe it? Sitting with me at some sessions. You'll see. It's, sad. it's a sad thing. You better watch what comes out of your mouth. Because there is power in our spoken words. But listen, when you verbally praise and bless God, you are advancing his kingdom on this earth. In fact, listen, you can't even do the work of the gospel without speaking. How are you supposed to speak? How are you supposed to preach to others and tell others about Jesus? Huh? How are you supposed to cast out demons without commanding them to come out in the name of Jesus? Listen to me. You can't even do the work of the gospel without verbalizing your faith. You can't. That's why I, I had to throw this in. Someone needs to hear it, whether in here or around the world on the internet or radio. That's why deafness and dumbness, dumbness is demonic. Many times it's demonic. Jesus himself in his earthly ministry you read the Gospels yourself. There are spirits of deafness, spirit, deaf and dumb spirits. Remember that? Even a little kid came to Jesus. A father brought his kid to Jesus. Dumb and deaf spirits. It's demonic. Why? Because the devil wants to shut you and I up. Satan and evil spirits can't stand it when we verbally praise and bless God. They can't stand it. Why? Let me throw something out at you maybe you never even thought of. Because it's a constant reminder to them how foolish they were for rebelling against God in heaven and that they will soon spend an eternity in the lake of fire. It's a constant reminder. Every time you verbalize your praise and adoration and love to God, it's a constant reminder to them. They hate that. On top of that fact, when you verbalize your, your praise and, and you bless God verbally, you are attracting the presence of God. You're attracting the manifest presence of God. And you are attracting the angels of God. 
on your behalf, to come and work in your behalf. Now, have you ever noticed this? Here's another reason. Listen to this. Have you ever noticed that what you talk about the most becomes the biggest, becomes the most cherished, and becomes the greatest priority in your life? Have you ever noticed that? Well, Jesus said the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you're speaking about the most, that's got your heart. Let me go there. How often do you talk about Jesus? Just want to, I tell you, and, hey, listen, a pastor always preaches to himself too on Sunday mornings. Huh? People are always like, well, how dare he say that? I'm preaching to myself. We all need to hear the word of God, Amen. Listen, your life will always go in the direction of your spoken words. Always. It's just a matter of time. And your words will catch up to your life. Joshua 1.8 gives that spiritual principle. I'm not going to take time to read it now. But go there, read it. Joshua 1.8. Also, when we talk about our problems, when we talk all the time about our infirmities, more than we talk about the promises of God in his word to us, it isn't long before the problems and attacks in our life from the enemy look bigger than God himself. And that is very deceiving. Are you hearing me? It's very deceiving. And when we verbally speak the word of God, when we speak the promises of God, when we verbally bless God, we are exalting, we are magnifying him. We are lifting God above the problems in our life. And at that point, that's when our spiritual vision gets clearer. It gets clearer. We start now, when you start doing that, when you verbalize your faith, that's the point when you start to see the circumstance from God's perspective, from the word of God's perspective, and not from our fleshly human wisdom. It, listen, you could say it this way, I love saying this, it brings us back to reality. It brings us back to reality. I'll tell you, how deceiving is that? Like someone, if they have a disease in their body or something, you know, I mean, that disease looks bigger than God. Well, we know that's a lie from the pits of hell. We know that. We know God is bigger than that. We know that the blood of Jesus Christ is stronger than that thing. Amen? That's why we need, to, we need to let words about the blood of Jesus come out of our mouth. We need to let the promises of God come out of our mouth. We need to speak how God sees us. And God sees us as healed, by the way. Hallelujah. And we simply just need to line ourselves up with that and watch it manifest in our life. Listen, the devil wants nothing more than to keep you and I in the flesh, in our human wisdom. He wants you to focus on the circumstances in the natural so that he, the devil, can have the upper hand in your life. He wants to keep you in fear. He wants to keep you in torment. He wants to keep you in bondage. Don't let him do it. You need to start blessing God verbally. You need to just speak the word of God. Now look at Psalm 145, 8 through 14. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Pharisees missed that one, by the way, when Jesus came. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and, all, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. To make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your do dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Hallelujah. I love that. This says the Lord is gracious and full. Say full. full. That's not just a little bit. 
He's full of compassion. Do you know there's times when you are hurting and when, when you're sad? How many of you would like to know that God is right there? He's crying with you. He's full of compassion. What does compassion look like? Well, the Word of God says in the Gospels that Jesus was moved with compassion. You want to know what your Heavenly Father's like? Read about Jesus. How are you hearing me? It says, the Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. Say all. That's a blanket statement. Well, how can they say all? The Bible says all. Guess what? I just receive it, what the Word says. Know what that's called? Childlike faith. Why do you want to fight against the Word of God? Why do you want to, to interject your own opinion? Just take the Word of God for what it says. It says He's full of it, full of compassion, tender mercies. See, it is the goodness and tender mercies of God. If you are an unbeliever right now, if you're in here, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, it is the goodness and tender mercies of God that you still have breath in your lungs and you're not in the pits of hell for eternity right now. You understand that, don't you? The very fact, because the Bible says that it's appointed unto a man, a person, once to die. After, when you take your last breath, you slip into eternity. And if you go there without Jesus, it's hell. And then thrown into the lake of fire with the devil and his angels. Someone needs to hear this. How many of you know hell? Hell in the lake of fire was not created for the de- or were not, was not originally created for mankind. That's right, that's right. It was created for the devil and his angels, devils and evil spirits. That's right. Now, why, unbeliever, would you want to hang out with that company? When you can be in the presence of God for eternity after this life. Are you hearing me? It is the goodness and tender mercies of God toward us as Christians. For him to be patient with us in the times that we have fallen, in the times when we have turned our head on God, in those times when, like Peter, we denied him. We've all, we all have done that, maybe because of peer pressure or, you know, you're afraid of the persecution. We've all done that. But listen, it's the tender mercies of God. That you are able to come back to him. You are able to put that sin under the blood of Jesus and be back in right standing with him because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Is that not good? It is the goodness and tender mercies of God that he reveals things in our life that are not pleasing to him. Because how many of you know God could just take his hands off of us and say, whatever happens, happens. You just, no. But the Holy Spirit's there saying, uh, tapping you on the shoulder and saying, uh, that attitude you had against your wife or against your husband, you need to go and repent and apologize to them. Because you know what? You're not right with me right now. <laughs> it's the Holy Ghost that keeps us in line. The question is, are you listening to him? Are you obeying him? That's, that's what you got to ask yourself. Don't, don't worry about doing the Holy Ghost job, by the way. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's always there. Are you hearing me? Okay, yes, yes. I feel like I need to say this. In fact, the Holy Ghost is the one that gave someone, I don't know if it's here listening to me around the world, who knows. It's the Holy Ghost who gave you that dream about you calling a relative that you've had bitterness and unforgiveness toward, and you had a dream about calling them and making it right. That was the Holy Ghost. I don't know who that is, but that word's for you, whoever it is. Hallelujah. But listen, it's the goodness of God, the Bible says, that leads men or people to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads us to the point where we, 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 we need to change. We need to make some changes. How many of you know we're changing every day? Amen? Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Amen? Verse 10. 
Psalm 145, verse 10, says about our Heavenly Father, he said, All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. Now, why is that? Because he's a good God. He's a good God. All of his works, all of the works of God, the true and living God, all of his works point to the fact that he is a good God. See, he is not out to harm you. He's not out to bring you down. He's not putting sickness and disease upon you. Jesus himself said in John 10.10 10, that it's, it is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Who's the thief? Satan and evil spirits. They're the ones. They're the ones that are trying to destroy your life. It's black. Well, it can't be that black and white, can it? Yes, it is. Say, I like having conversations with myself. It's that black and white. God is good, the devil's bad. In fact, boys and girls, let's all say that this morning. Say, God is good, and the devil's bad. So quit blaming God for your problem. Are you hearing me? Did you know that God takes pleasure in blessing his children? Pleasure. The word of God says that, he, that God blesses us for his namesake. Did you ever see that scripture? It's, I believe it's in Psalms. But it says he blesses us for his namesake. What does that mean? It means he loves it. How many of you who have children, when you give your, your, your child a, uh, a gift, and, and they're all excited, and, all, and it just warms your heart as a parent. Now magnify that, and that's your heavenly father. How hard is this? See, we just got to take some spiritual draino and flush out the junk we've been taught in dead religion, in tradition of men. Let's get back to the word of God. Let's get back there. He blesses us for his name's sake because God loves to bless. In fact, when God created things before the fall, you'll see it. There was not one curse on the earth. Who opened the door for the curse? Adam and Eve, the fall in the garden. God never created curse. Listen, I said it before, I'll say it again. A curse was never created. God never created curses. You know what it is? The absence of the blessing. What do you mean by that? Well, simple. God didn't create darkness. Darkness always was until he created light. But the absence of light is what? Darkness. Same with the curse. God never created curses. That's simply the absence of the blessing. Because God is a blessing kind of a God. Are you hearing me? And we need to represent him that way because that's what the word of God says. Now verse 12, Psalm 145 verse 12, tells us to make known to the sons of men, to people, his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. I like that. Listen to me. To make known, of course, means to speak of, like what Brother Scott had people do, to testify, come on, of the works of God. To speak his word and to testify of the goodness of God in your life. All right? Now, we are to make known the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Follow me on this. To make, to make that known, the glorious majesty of the kingdom. Follow me now. To make that known means that you have had to experience the glorious majesty of his kingdom. How can you make that known unless you haven't experienced it? Now listen to me. Follow me on this here. That seems to go beyond just the basics of salvation. But to me, it seems to imply more of a deeper meaning. Let's take this into the New Testament application now. To experience the glory of his kingdom and experience his mighty acts, we must act on the word of God and believe him to confirm his word when we speak it. Yeah, I know, I know, that's a mouthful, but just get a free copy of this message back on the table, all right? But we got to, we must act on the word of God, and when we speak the word to others, when we pray for others, when we, 
We just got to trust God to confirm the word. So go out and lay hands on the sick. And trust God to do miracles and to watch the, the people recover. Be bold to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. See, God desires, you got to take hold of this. God desires to manifest his kingdom on this earth more than you desire to see it manifested. Because when you come to that point, it, I mean, it just brings more joy to your heart to do the work of the gospel. Why? Because God is a good God. And the kingdom of God, don't ever forget this, the kingdom of God is filled with the goodness of God. How do you know when the kingdom of God is present? Pre present, the goodness of God is here. Good things are happening. Amen? But he simply needs people, his people, to be obedient, to proclaim his word and do the works of the gospel. He will confirm his word. Read Mark 16, 20 on your own. Mark 16, verse 20. But when you start doing that faithfully, you will be able to personally testify to his mighty acts. Look, all the people who come and who testify to the glorious kingdom, they're the doers of the word. They're the ones who are bold enough to go up to people and say, hey, do you need, can, I, can I pray for you? And guess what? Because of their boldness to simply act on the word, miracles happen. People are recovering. And consequently, they have a testimony to share. How many of you want testimonies like that to share with people, what God's doing through you? Amen? Because, listen, the kingdom of God, the Bible says, is not in word only, but it's in power. You know what that power is for? Power to tear apart Satan's kingdom on this earth and in your life. That's the gospel. The gospel needs to be not only preached, it needs to be demonstrated. Because the Bible says the gospel is not in word only, but it's in power. Power. We need some power encounters. Amen? How many of you listen to the radio show today, The Fire of God? We need to, to go head to head with the devil. And guess what? Elijah was bold enough to go head to head with the false prophets. And guess who showed up? The true and living God. Amen? You just need to be bold enough to put yourself in that position. Excuse me, do you need prayer? I want to pray for you. you know, we need to stop Satan in his tracks. Amen? Hallelujah. So my point is this. If the word of God says that we are to make his glorious kingdom known as believers, it must be required by God then, or the normal for a Christian to tap into that level of relationship and ministry. I, I truly believe that is the will of God. That is the normal Christian life. Of seeing people laying hands on them and watching them recover. This should be normal. And it should not be the work of just pastors. And evangelists and, and those who are in full-time ministry. It shouldn't be that way. If you're a Christian, guess what? You're in the army of God. You have been drafted. Whether you like it or not, you're going. You're in boot camp now. I heard me. Now, verse 14 says this of Psalm 145. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Now, this is interesting. I mean, there's, there's double meanings to this. I mean, he raises up those who are bowed down. You could, I, I mean, one thing that comes to mind is... A person who walks in humility, bowing down. Jesus is Lord of your life. You bow to the commands of the word of God. God's going to raise you up. And, and, if you're bowed down, if you've been knocked down by the circumstances, knocked down by the devil, knocked down by sickness and disease in your life today, God's promise to you is that he will raise you up. Now, he said it. You got two choices. You can believe it or you cannot believe it. It's your choice. But his promise to you is that he's going to raise you up. And how many of you know? You have to rightfully divide the word of God. 
You've got to rightfully divide it. Some people take one scripture, they build a whole doctrine of it just to suit themselves. You can't do that. You've got to take them. So you could say it this way with other scriptures that you would tie in. You could say it this way. God's promise to you, the believer, is that he will raise you up if you don't let go of him. Are you hearing me? If you don't let go of him, you need to stay close to him even in the storm. Because the word of God says he's our anchor. The word of God is our anchor. How many of you know when, when the storms of life come, man, you feel like you just get washed out to the shore? We need to hold on to the anchor and it keeps us grounded even when the winds are beating against us. Are you hearing me? And listen, you hold on to him sooner or later. God's going God's gonna to deliver you. <laughs> there might be some real tough trying times, but you just hold on to the anchor. Just hold on to the anchor of God's promises. Amen? Say, hold on. And you need to fight the good fight of faith. Uh, listen, it's not easy, but it's doable with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Last passage is here. Psalm 145. 15 through 21, just finishing it out here. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. There's a, a sermon right there. Where's your expectation level? Did you know that expectation in God and his, in his power is the breeding ground for miracles? The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing, including you and I. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways, gracious, unmerited favor in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him or reverence him or respect him or put him at the priority seat in their life. He also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all, the, all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. It, it, it's you know, it's kind of comical sometimes. You know, unbelievers will say, well, but all the wicked he'll destroy. Why would he do that? First of all, them saying that and complaining about that, they're agreeing that they're wicked. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Secondly, why moan about it? Just get in with Jesus in the boat. Why sit there and complain about God destroying the wicked? How about you don't be one of the wicked ones and get over and get saved today? Are you hearing me? I love that. Listen. Psalm 145, verse 16, said this, You open your hand, you open your hand, and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The fact is this, everything that we need to live a satisfied and fulfilling life on this earth is in God's hand. Are you hearing me? It's in God's hand. And nothing in this broken and evil world can meet that need. Oh yes, I know, I know. We've all been there. People are chasing it. People are chasing money. People are chasing the things of the world. I know they are. But guess what? It's all in vain. What you're truly looking for is in God's hand. And you need to walk through the door. And the door's name is Jesus Christ. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. I feel the Holy Ghost up here. Listen, here is the key to releasing the blessings from God's hand as a Christian. I'm talking to believers right now. You ready for this? Here is, I'm going to say one of the keys to releasing the blessings from God's hand. When we seek his face with all of our heart, he releases what's in his hand. No, but we get it backwards, don't we? We always look at his hand. Oh God, what's in that hand? Just release that hand. Hand be released in the name of Jesus. Hand. No, 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 no. You seek his face. You seek him for who he is. Not for what he can give you. Now, listen, you seek him for who he is. Guess what? All those benefits are going to follow. See, it's a package deal. But get your eyes off the hand. 
Say it. Say, I'm going to get my eyes off the hand. And I'm going to look at God's face. I'm going to seek his face for who he is. Because I want a relationship with him. And yes, the benefits can follow. <laughs> hey, it's not wrong to be blessed. There's nothing wrong with that. Man, you, you know, you go back to the beginning. God, like I said, did never created curses. Never. He created blessing. Only blessing was in the garden. I said it before, I'll say it again. God's original intent is still his intent today. Never changing it. Say this. Say, I have been created, have been created. To, be to be blessed by the true and living God. My creator. I've been made for blessing. Think about that. Is that powerful? In fact, that's why, I mean, if you're walking in a curse today, you're not born again or you just don't know the word of God and you're allowing the devil to beat you over the head with everything that the world has to throw at you, uh, that's against your nature. Because you were never created to be cursed. Never. You are created to be blessed. Oh, that's good. I, that's not even in my notes. I love that when just revelation knowledge flows right from the pulpit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. But we need to seek God's face with all of our heart, and then he releases what's in his hand. Verse 18 tells us that the Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him and truth. I want you to notice something. It, the Lord is near to all who call upon him. There's a comma there. There's no period there. It's a comma. Now, I've been out of school for a long time, so bear with me. But if it was just going to stop there, there would have been a period, right? Yes, I know that, all right? But it went on to say, those who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. What in the world does that mean? I find it interesting that it says to all who call upon him in truth. You know what that means? That means in a nutshell that it has more to do with just empty words. It has more to do than with just vain babbling. Your heart must be seeking God. God wants our heart. He wants all of us. He wants every part of you. And you must come to him on his terms. First of all, if you're an unbeliever, like I said, through his son, Jesus Christ. And if you're a believer, you've got to come to him through his written word, the Bible. You need to follow the instructions in the book. You must come to God on his terms. When we approach our heavenly father... We need to find promises in the Word of God that cover that specific area of need. Do you need healing today? Find scriptures on, on healing. Type them out. Print them out. And, and look them over. Feed on them. And then go to God with them. God knows what His Word says. I'm not saying you're reminding Him. But listen to this. That shows, that shows to God that you truly count His Word as truth. Are you hearing me? Look, if my kid wanted something, instead of just doing it for him, if they came to me and said, Dad, I want to go here and here and, and look at all this information I got for you about what I want to do and all this, I'm like, wow, their heart must have been into it to want to do this. Same for a Christian. Dig in the Word of God. Does that make sense to everybody? It proves to God. That truly you're seeking him with your whole heart. You've taken the time to look up scriptures. You're counting his word as truth. If you don't count it as truth, you wouldn't even take the time to look in it. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. And you need to speak those scriptures in prayer to him. Father God, your word says that Jesus took stripes on his back. I believe it. Just, just let words come out of faith. Faith words come out. Just let faith words. I believe what your word says, Father. Verbalize it. Verbalize it. Let the devil and evil spirits hear you. Let the cancer hear it. 
Let that sickness and disease hear it. Oh, listen. Remember that sermon I did before called Releasing the Sound of Heaven? Don't you think for one moment when you speak the word that a sickness and disease can't hear you? Look, when I pray for someone in the past and stuff with cancer or whatever, I speak against those cancer cells. You verbalize it. Jesus, hey, look, I just figure hey, if it's good enough for Jesus, a good enough technique, I'll do it too. I, right? It's good enough for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But listen, you need to know today that the true and living God is a good God. He loves you. And you don't let the devil, don't let dead religion, don't let deceived individuals, don't let the traditions of men tell you otherwise. The fact is this, you and I, we can put our entire life in God's hand today and we can rest in him. You don't have to be afraid of your heavenly father. He's not out to whack you. Are you hearing me? We can put our whole life in his hands and rest in him. Knowing that he takes joy in and desires to bless you beyond what you and I could ever comprehend. And that's why it should be easy for us to approach him in prayer. That's why it should be easy for us. You know what? If you've messed up, if you sin, it should be easy, easy to us, like David, to run back to God and ask for forgiveness. Because why? David knew God's character. Do you understand that? He was a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. Look how many times he messed up. He was after God's own heart because he knew the love of God. He knew the compassion of God. He knew that God had nothing but good for him. And David knew that it was his own stupidity that got him out of God's love. <laughs> so what did David do? He ran back in the boundary of the word. Are you hearing me? It should be easy for us every day as his children to verbally bless his name and to testify, testify to every person that we come in contact with. Like Oral Roberts and all the other great men and women of God who preach the same thing, it should be easy for us to go up to people and say, God is good and he loves you and he's got a great plan for you. Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, maybe there's someone's, someone in here. Maybe there's more than one individual. I don't know. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You're on the outside looking in. Before anyone spoke anything to you about your sin, you just know... You know you're wrong. You know you're, you're out of fellowship. You want to know why? Because you were never created for the curse. <laughs> you were never created to be cursed. But God sent a son, Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, to shed his blood on the cross to take your penalty, to make the provision to wash your sins away and make you whiter than snow. It's not by good works. It's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his work on the cross and through his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus is alive, you know. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to simply come forward this morning. And I want to pray with you. Settle it today. What if there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Lord of your life and you're hearing me now give an invitation and, and you say, well, you know what? He's right. He is right. I know I need to do this. But I'll just do it later. You know, I got some parties to go to. I got some things to do. You know, I'll do it later. What if you got in a car accident and your last breath was today? Guess what? That's it. Game over. Your eternity has been sealed. And the provision that was here the whole time through the Lord Jesus Christ you never tapped into it. But it has been there the whole time. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, please don't leave this building without making him Lord of your life. Well, you got breath in your lungs. Right now, right now, come forward this morning. Now, maybe there's someone in this place. 
said the sinner's prayer. You served the Lord a long time ago. Boy, you had the fire of God a long time ago. But you know what? You've grown cold in your walk with the Lord. You know you're, you've been totally out of fellowship with God. Maybe you're the ones you put other things on the priority seat of your life. With money, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. The fact of the matter is Jesus is not the center of your life. And he hasn't been for a long time. But today... You want to come back to the Father God. You want to come back to Him. And you want to rededicate your life. I want you to come forward this morning. Just settle it today. Let's start new. Oh, that's the great thing about God. He gives new beginnings. He's a God of new beginnings. But guess what? You've got to take that step today. He's not going to force you. He would love to because He doesn't want to see anyone go astray. And go into hell for eternity. Maybe there's someone in here you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. And today you want to receive the power of the Holy Ghost to make you a witness for Jesus. Acts 1.8, Jesus said it himself. Acts 19, the Apostle Paul asked some believers. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? What do you mean, Paul? Didn't I get all the Holy Ghost when I believe? When I, when I believe? Well, obviously there's a second experience called the baptism. And I want to lead you through a prayer to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're in here, you need a physical healing. You need an emotional healing. Your life is a mess. Maybe you're one that you've been word cursed all your life by your parents. And you've been dragging around this chain, this ball and chain. You've been dragging around this bondage all your life. I want to pray with you. The rest of you, I just want to open the altar up for you. If you want to come and worship the Lord as the music plays. And let the fire of God fall on you.
up a little bit more there. Uh, come on over here, Cindy. I want to pray for you. Anybody else want to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Wants to rededicate their life to the Lord? Wants to receive the Holy Spirit baptism? Or prayer for healing or anything? Just stand right there and face the congregation. She asked for prayer. Going to Anchorage, Alaska to minister. Leave the music on. In fact, crank it. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to the Lord. Stretch your hands toward her. Let's send her to Alaska with the fire of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Cindy and Ken. I just loose your anointing, your fire upon them in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray your healing anointing would flow through them. Lord, they are broken vessels for you. Let your anointing flow through their lives, Lord, as they go to Anchorage. I pray for divine appointments. I pray for safe travel, that you would encamp them, their vehicles, every vehicle, every aircraft that they are on. Lord, encamp them with your holy angels. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. And Lord, we, at Revival Christian Center, we send her forth. And Lord, anoint them in the name of Jesus, that they would lose your fire and anger. Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. Take it back to Alaska. that God is a slave driver. He's angry at you all the time. If you've ever had that, I want you to come forward and I will pray for you here in this place. The fact is, he wants to come to our rescue. He wants to deliver us. might be new to this kind of atmosphere. But you know what I believe? I believe that every time you come to church, that you need to have an experience with the Lord. It needs to go beyond just words. It needs to go deep down into your heart. Amen? And the Lord didn't disappoint us today. Amen? All right. Well, uh, let's see. Yeah, we're going to be in town this week. You can cut the recording off there if you want. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.